You're about to hear a true story of someone who has taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host, and thank you for joining me. Tamara, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm excited to get to know you and hear all about you. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. Oh, just a couple. Okay. Well, I love life. I'm an adventurer. I am spiritual. I'm a mom. I always like to start off with like who I am and how I like how I really identify as a human being. And then what I do, right? I do momming. I, <laughs> I am a speaker. I am a coach and I'm a certified happiness trainer. So I teach people the habits and actions of happiness to support them in their journey. Yay. You are the perfect person to talk to today then. Yes. I'm so excited. So there has to be a story. If you're going to be a happiness trainer, mm -hmm. you have to know unhappiness. So that is so true. You need that, to tell me, yes, this lemon to lemonade story. Tell me yeah. how you do, why you do what you do. It's exactly that. I was really, really, really unhappy. And I could remember being happy, <laughs> you know, like I was a pretty happy kid. I had lots of challenges as a teenager, as most of us do, but I always could return to this, like, no, life is good. Um, it's all okay. State. Then I got married and then, then I got to know my husband. <laughs> and then as the years went by, I found myself in this cycle of abuse of this very toxic, manipulative, controlling relationship. And I didn't know how to get out of it. And I found myself really, really unhappy, not liking myself anymore. I uh, had lost my voice, wasn't able to really stand up for myself and thought that I was stuck because this is what you do in life, right? Well, I got married and so now I'm stuck and I have to have kids and get the house and do the things. So we had kids. At that point, parenthood changes us. And my voice wasn't just for me anymore. It was for these children too. And so it started to come back a little and I started seeking and searching. And I really wanted to know, like, who was this person coming out of me that didn't feel like me? And how did I get back to the version of me that felt good? And so I just started diving into personal development and spirituality and really listening to any teacher I could get my ears on or my hands on their books and uh, starting this journey. And I, one of the things that I discovered was something called the passion test. I'm also a certified passion test facilitator because I, I met a woman who shared her business card with me. And I had one of those moments of just full body knowing, like, I didn't know what the heck those words meant, but I knew something mattered here. As I got to know her, she took me through the passion test, which is this gorgeous process of uncovering, discovering, clarifying the five things that matter the most to you in your life right now. And at that point I had three kids and they made the initial list. And so did my husband because I thought he should, but when, when we got down to my top five, it was all about me, like all about me living authentically, confidently, having a harmonious family life. You know, I realized that I hadn't been living my truth in a very long time and I was ready to start again. And that, that really was the kickstart into the last 10 years of my life. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, it'll do it to you. I yeah. love that you tried to take this passion test and you almost forced it into letting it be your kids and husband as your passion, because mm -hmm. that's what we should do as moms. Yeah. And then you realized, wait, like I actually am a person and I do have passions, but it still involves your husband and children. Mm -hmm. Like to live that harmonious family life, mm -hmm. that includes them. So right. it's amazing. So people don't have to feel like, oh, if I take this passion test, I'll find out that I don't like being a wife and mother. No, no that's not necessarily <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, there's not a different way to look at it. And and sometimes it really does for me because then I've, I left the marriage a few years. Oh, well, actually a year after I became certified, but a few years after I had initially taken the test, because what happened, Heidi, was that I started to regain my confidence and value myself again enough to say, this isn't what I signed up for. Yes. This isn't what I want to be experiencing. And this isn't what I want to show my children about relationships, right? right. So if we had been two healthy human beings, both able to get on a path of healthfulness together, that would have looked entirely different. But one of us was changing and growing, and one of us was just trying to grasp on to what was and who they wanted me to be. And that that could not be what I demonstrated to my children in this life. So what, so it's been 10 years. So what have you been doing? What's your lemonade to this lemon then? Yeah. How's the past yeah. 10 years been? They get sweeter and sweeter. Seven years ago, I left the marriage. I think I've only been officially divorced because it takes forever when you have kids and we were overseas and he's French and it was, you know, complicated. Um, but we've been divorced five years, five and a half. And I, I moved home, like home, home to where I grew up because also I knew the kind of parent I wanted to be. And it was hands-on, not, not a drop my kid off at daycare and see them for an hour at night. But like, I wanted to be the one to put them on the school bus or have a family member who could help me. Right. So I literally moved back onto the property. I grew up on next door to my parents up the hill from my brother and his family. And so we're all able to be there for each other. And that enabled me to go back to work full time and still feel like it was my family there for my kids. And they didn't have to be in some place. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not what I wanted right. to do. Right? right. And I hadn't worked, you know, I hadn't worked. We'd been living overseas here and there. And then I had kids and I hadn't been in like one main step-by-step -step career for a very long time. By the time I left, I was a certified life coach, a certified passion test facilitator and had my own business, but had just started and was starting over. And so I started, you know, my parents were like, you just need to get a job, just get any job. <laughs> you have to support yourself and your kids. And, and I, I tried for a minute, but it just didn't, you know, I went to the, any job and it just felt awful. And I thought to myself, well, this, I'm doing it again. I'm not choosing in favor of my passions or myself. So I said, thank you. And walked out of that training. And then I just did my coaching on the side of kind of looking for something else. I, I helped at the family business and showed up for my kids and just kept kind of hitting like, well, oh, maybe I'll throw in an application for this job that, that I feel something with that one. And along the way, I couldn't even remember what I had applied for, but I got a call for an interview and it was at a senior community. 
And I went in and they basically interviewed me for all the jobs because I couldn't remember what I had applied for. (laughs) And I ended up in life enrichment in activities. And I took that part-time job, which led to a full-time position as the director of life enrichment in another senior community, which was so beautiful. And I spent four years in that role always knowing that it wasn't my end goal. Like that wasn't my full on purpose and mission, but that I was learning the skills and the tools that I would need to go off on my own and do what I'm doing now full-time. And a year ago in October, it was a year I left that position and went full-time speaking, coaching and training. So it's so beautiful. And I watched my kids grow up seeing me doing my thing and, you know, living my truth. And I remember my son said to me, he's 12 now, last year, he said, wow, it's really cool, mom, that you're just starting your own business. (laughs) You know, it's like, yes, guys, anything is possible. You can decide what you want your life to look and feel like, and then you can make it happen. That's exactly it. And that it doesn't happen overnight. I love that you shared that, that it was a process. Like it's been five years and it's been working other jobs while you work on this side project. And then you can finally transition because a lot of people, it's easy to look at you and go, oh, you're just this life coach and this, this person now. And it just came to you and it was easy. So (laughs) I appreciate you sharing that. It's not easy. It doesn't just happen overnight. Mm -mm. It's a process and it's working at it every day. Yes. And no, and knowing too, that if you change your mind, that's okay too, right? Like you don't have to have this goal and then never let it go because sometimes those shift and change. That's exactly it. You know, and that's okay too. Mine just hasn't, you know, I have this like propulsion in my heart toward (laughs) inspiring others to create their own joy. So what is the sugar to your lemonade now? What do you teach? What are you doing? I do one-on-one coaching and I also get into, or virtually, um, businesses or communities where I teach the science of happiness. So here's what happiness really is. And it's not just going to fall on you. You know, it takes action. And so teaching them the habits and actions of happiness, teaching them how their brains work to support or sabotage their happiness, and then giving them the tools to practice, to build that happiness muscle, because it really is a practice, right? It really is a practice. And we actually have to put effort into our happiness as much as we do any other Thing that we desire. If we want to be strong in our bodies, we have to work them out. And if we want to be strong in our minds, we have to clean them up. So I teach in front of groups and I love that. I love, I love being on stage. I love being in front of an audience. And then I also work one-on-one with just a few people at a time. And that's pretty in-depth and extensive. We do the passion test so we can get really clear. And then we go into the happiness skills and, you know, teach them these foundations so that they can make their dreams a reality because we can think we want these things, but if we don't believe in ourselves, we can't make them happen. And so it's, it's all of it, Heidi, it's, you know, deciding what you want life to look and feel like, and then cleaning up the internal voice that tells you, you can't have it, or you don't deserve it. 
getting to believe that you do and that you're worthy of it, and then teaching you the skills and practices and tools that will help support you along the way, because we have to keep using them, right? We have to, we can't just write gratitude for a month in November and then set it aside. We'll revert right back. We have to strengthen our neural pathways to support us in this new way of being. We all need to know there are things we can do to strengthen our happiness and get us through whatever we're going through. I have seen all kinds of people go from super, super low through this work to very happy and being like, wow, this is my life now. This is so cool. And all it takes is that first initial choice to do the work and then the commitment to do it and then to continue practicing it. I even had one person tell me I had done a four-part lecture series in a senior community, and this was uh, last late summer, maybe. So they had been quarantined, they had been miserable. And I had one woman in her eighties tell me that she, before my talks, she couldn't see a way out of her depression and she didn't like the way medication made her feel after my talks, she could see a way out. And it was so, so beautiful it just shows that no matter what our age or stage, we can benefit from simply learning basic science and then putting it into action. My two favorite things are this. One, you're responsible for your own happiness. So taking responsibility and showing up as like the hero of your own life, instead of being a victim to circumstance and other people, right? If I had done that, I'd still be in my marriage thinking, well, this is all I can ever do because he, he won't make me happy. He can't make me happy. So I'm miserable or even leaving it and then thinking, well, he ruined my life. No, that's not how it works. I take responsibility for my happiness and therefore I get to control the outcome. Right. I have all the power in my life. And so that's the first thing I want people to, to know. You have the power in your life to make whatever changes will support you. And you don't have to. <laughs> you can know that, too. Right. Uh, but you will feel better if you do it. And then the second piece really is the mind. I think that our brains trip us up so much and we don't even realize that we can alter that. You know, people think, oh, I'm just, I wish I could be as positive as you. Well, I didn't start off this way. I, I might've started off, started off a little more positive than the average Joe, but I've worked at it, right? I've caught my self-critical voice in action and said, um, excuse me. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> over and over and over and over again. I know that we have a natural negativity bias and have used my tools and practiced and practiced overturning the negative to see the positive so that I strengthen those parts of my brain. And I do it over and over again. And so now I'm super positive, but it's just a practice and anybody can do it. Anybody. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean that hard things aren't happening to you anymore. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. It just means that with practice and with these tools and this awareness that I can navigate them more easily and often a lot more quickly than most people, because I know how to get back on my own feet and I know how to talk to myself in a way that's loving and supportive. And I know how to be compassionate with myself because I literally do at this point. And this is probably the sweetest thing, Heidi, this is the best lemonade ever is that I truly am my own best friend now. 
you know, and I can look in the mirror and say, holy crap, I love this woman in front of me. And even a few years ago, that wasn't 100% true. And now it's like, I'm having this love affair with myself, which extends into all my relationships, right? And it's such a demonstration and why we think we need permission. I don't know, but we do. It gives other people permission to explore their relationship with themselves. And that is the most important relationship we'll ever have. And so if we don't caretake it, we'll never be able to live this truly beautiful life because I don't care how rich you are, how successful you are. If you don't like who you are and you're constantly being a jerk to yourself, you're not happy in this body or mind. Right. And if you're not that way, then you can't be that way for other people either. You have to start with you so that you can be loving and forgiving and accepting of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important. It's like, yeah. I would say for especially people struggling to forgive other people, right. Which That's I've been huge. through. Yes. Uh, that forgiveness isn't for them. Exactly. <laughs> it's for you. And it's such a, it's such a gift to you to forgive and release them from their role in your life. And then again, it brings back this power and ownership to you because if I'm depending on it from external people or circumstances, I can't depend on it. I can, I only have control over myself, my own reactions, my own responses, my own thoughts. And yes, we can have control over our thoughts. We just have to work on that. Yeah. There, I heard a quote the other day and it said, there's only one thing in life we can really control. There's only one thing. And that's our thoughts. That's our reaction to what. Yeah. Yeah. things come at us and because we think oh i can control my kids or i can control my spouse or i can control my money or nope nope you don't get to control <laughs> any of that but there is one thing we can control our thoughts our reactions so yeah absolutely that so that, that those up. reactions become responses that's exactly it so we have to start with the controlling the thoughts because mm -hmm. then it projects everything else forward of what we're going to do so we need to watch yeah. those thoughts yeah. And watching it is key, right? It's not like I can't control my thoughts. Thoughts still pop up, but now I'm able reaction. to say, oh, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> That's not helping us. So let's, how can we change that thought? How can I change that thought to be more supportive? Or maybe just ask myself the question, is that a true thought? Or is that just because I'm tired today or haven't maybe supported myself nutritionally or, you know, like, where's that thought really coming from? our brains, right? The chemicals right. in our brains have a really strong effect and, but we can control helps. the reaction. You know, yeah. It helps that's where we can decide what we're going to do. Exactly. With awareness and understanding and compassion. Of course. I just love for people to know like how important they are, <laughs> you know, for how important they are in their own lives. And just that no matter where you're at, no matter what you're dealing with, how happy or unhappy you are, you can always be happier. And also, Heidi, and I know you know this, that doesn't mean you're going to be happy 100% of the time. But with all this practice that I keep repeating, like practice, 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 we get to this point where we're as loving and compassionate with those lower, sadder emotional states as we are with the higher, happier ones, you know, so that if I 
am having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or even a bad year, it usually doesn't last that long. Then I'm just like, that's okay. You know, <laughs> like again, treating yourself like a good friend and being patient with the process, because if we don't allow ourselves the space to feel what we typically label as bad feelings, they're not bad. They're just messengers. And I like to see them now as opportunities to rest and slow down and go inward and recover and discover, you know, what they have to say to me. And so just understanding that a really, truly happy life is because we're willing to also sit in the mud and the guck and, you know, the yucky stuff because it broadens our experience. And so instead of being here, I only feel the middle emotions. I can feel all the super amazing, wonderful, ecstatic ones because I'm willing to go down and feel like crap. (laughs) Yes. And we got to clarify that happy doesn't mean you're skipping giddy sunshine rainbows all the time. Like we can still be happy in the guck part. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a way to travel. It's a state Mm. of mind. It's a peace and a joy. That's just kind of a, like a baseline. Yeah. You know, and it's just a way to be, and it doesn't mean you're giddy and giggling and excited. Right. That's it's a different just, feeling. I love that you said that this that it's a way to travel. I love that. I might even quote you on that. <laughs> it's a way to travel. And it is that baseline. And that's, you know, it's like a thermostat. And you'll no matter what's happening, you'll return to that level. And it's really happiness is really this deep sense of contentment. Yes, right. That's it. Yeah. And yes. so sometimes you might feel like skipping. <laughs> yes. Some days there are skipping days in there are skipping um, experiences. Definitely. Yeah. We could, you know, you go to Disneyland, you're going to be giddy and be smiling. Right. But then you get in a really long line and it's hot and you're hungry and you're thirsty. Yes. So it doesn't mean you're not happy anymore. See, <laughs> there's exactly. a way to still travel in that happy mode, but it doesn't mean you have to be giddy smiling 24 seven. So right. You can have bad days too. Yeah. Yeah. And even those of us who look like we're giddy smiling all the time, we also have those moments where we're just like, "Mm, I guess this is it today (laughs) and be okay with that. You know? (laughs) Yes. And I've turned to try to be like, not ruin the whole day because of a bad quote, bad thing and just kind of deal with it as it comes and not chalk up the whole day as a loss. Absolutely. Because it's all like, I mean, we can go through those moments in seconds, right? Right. So to just like, I think the the more willing we are to feel it all, the easier it is to move right through those states. So if I stub my toe now in the morning, it doesn't wreck my whole day because I just think, well, that taught me to slow down around the corners, (laughs) you know, and if we're willing to fully feel what we're feeling, it definitely dissipates so much more quickly. Awesome. Good. Well, this has been so great to talk to you. I've learned some things today and I appreciate this so much to be in your light and your energy. And I love what you're doing and I can't wait to follow you and see what else you come up with. I'll be following you too. I love what you are doing and such a beautiful reminder for everyone that no matter the lemons, you can make lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. That's very kind. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. 
What are your top five? Gratitude, number one. And then kind of, like you said, loving ourselves and just being content with ourselves, you know, kind of how we think about ourselves, forgiveness, and then watching our thoughts, you know, just kind of questioning, questioning our thoughts is a big one. And then just see everything as a gift. Yes. Kind of the big one that I usually end with because that's, that's the biggest thing in life is just like, if we can see it as a gift and what it's doing for me instead of to me, then we can react differently, I think, and get through it easier. So absolutely. I always say everything happens for me, not to me. And I don't go through it. I grow through it. That's exactly it. Yeah. And we're blessed to be able to have that. And I love to be able to share that with other people to help them kind of have that aha moment that I had when I first learned about it, because I wish it was something that was taught. I wish it was something we knew and that we could have that exercise, like you're saying, that build that muscle yeah. of more positive thinking. And we just don't. And especially when I know. life comes at us, when you get married and you have kids and you're getting the house and the career. And then you wake up one day going, I am a miserable human being. Right. I actually just finished a a six week course with some high schoolers and I'll do it again in March. And I, I'm so excited for this because how different would our lives look if we'd known this from the start, you know, that we actually can have conscious control over what we create in our lives and not just do what our parents tell us <laughs> or, or their example society yeah. or culture yeah. you know we can make our own decisions and make our lives as gorgeous as we want to i love that that's what we can do it's all up to us and yes. we have to learn the techniques and the skills and the toolbox yes to be able to do it right Yep. And then choose to use them. <laughs> that's the hard part sometimes yeah, too. That's right? what I'm always telling my kids. I'm like, look, you've got a full toolbox here. I've taught you all the things and I can't force you to use them. And I tell that to clients too. I can give you everything you need to bake a cake. Right. But if you don't start mixing the ingredients up, you're never going to get that cake. So use them. Yeah. Use the tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do. And then be willing to learn more. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I'm still after 10, 11 years, I'm still taking it all in. Like, what else can I learn on these yeah. habits for happiness and way to live more peaceful life? So yes, it's yeah. a never ending process. Keep exactly. Okay. Uh, I have my website. I have a podcast of my own. Okay. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. I have a Facebook group. And if anybody happens to be local to the Metro Detroit area, I run a meetup in person as well once a month. That's awesome. So what's the name of your podcast? The podcast is called Spirit Cafe, and it's about uh, spirituality without the guilt. (laughs) And yeah, so we release episodes every Monday. I have a co-host and we just chat about different spiritual aspects and have guests on. And it's really, it's really about helping people realize that they can find their own truth within, you know, and that being spiritual doesn't have to be shameful like religion often is not always but often it is and yeah so that's a really fun we're a couple of recovering catholics who (laughs) have a lot of fun talking to each other and to other guests so that's great that's great too yay yay thank you so much Heidi you're such a joy thank you you too it's been great so I appreciate you (laughs) thanks for all you're doing keep it up You too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you.